My favorite. It's Judd's Hockey Show. And it is Judd's Hockey Show from the Excel Energy Center, at least. I am uh, Declan Goff from his home base. Wild losing tonight 2-1 to one in a shootout. Second consecutive shootout for the Wild. They won against New Jersey a couple nights ago. And uh, tonight they lose to the Florida Panthers. Anton Lindell and Alexander Barkov scoring for the Panthers. So the Wild get a point, um, which is a valuable point. But they really need two as many times as they can get it. As uh, we speak right now, the Wild in 53 games, 61 points, puts them third in the Central, six points behind the Jets. Um, L.A. and Calgary are the first two teams in the Wild Card, and Colorado, which was idle tonight but will be here Wednesday, has 60 points. So they're the first team out of the playoffs. Uh, and Declan, plenty to get to despite the fact that we only had um, a 1-1 game going into the uh, overtime and shootout. Uh, but I want to start here because it's something that, you know, I saw a little bit of in the, the New Jersey game, and it's something that I thought really reared its head here tonight, and that is this, third period especially. Um, part of the reason why I'm not a big fan of Dean Everson complaining to the refs as much as he does is because tonight in the third period and against the Devils as well, Kirill Kaprizov is now getting just abused, and he's not getting calls, so he's getting frustrated. He's He is lashing back out which is you know he's strong enough to do that i'm not saying that he is um poor Kirill, but i am saying that when your star player doesn't get the protection that perhaps some other star players get it becomes an issue i don't know how this gets solved um but this is two back-to-back eastern conference teams that have had no fear of abusing Kirill kaprizov on his home ice and there's been little from the referees uh, to dissuade them from doing so. So that was something that really stood out to me tonight. Yeah, interesting take. I, I don't disagree. Um, I think obviously they're, I know they are coming off another shootout win against the Devils going into this game, but tensions are still a little high, right? Like you're you're still trying to gut through and figure out what type of team you want to be after going through a, a pretty rough patch over the last four weeks. And um, yeah, I, I just don't think to your point, whining and kind of, you know, getting completely upset and doing the, you know, the, the Dean, you know, where he clears his face like this and he's just getting completely, completely upset over the calls. I understand it's super duper frustrating. Um, but I think, yeah, I keep a little bit more composure. And I mean, this is what Vegas did to Kirill, you know, two years ago, Judd in the playoff series, they, they really did everything they can to shut him down, make him frustrated and then do the wild of enough firepower to win a game. If Kirill's being harassed like that, um, that was an MO by Vegas. It worked for them. Uh, but I, I agree that I think, Dean kind of having to keep his cool while still having to make those proper adjustments are the key thing and not getting completely frustrated because you're not getting a tripping or a cross-checking or a slashing call. Yeah, and you can't be complaining about a non-call on Connor Bleepin Dewar or Brandon Duhame. Like, you have to save those those um, those arguments for a guy like Kirill. Now, tonight, in my opinion, I, I don't know what your takeaway was. Tonight, in my opinion, was a step backwards again. So, um, the first two games of this homestand, in my opinion, were lousy. I don't care what people say about, well, they tried hard or Dean tried to say after the Vegas loss, this was ridiculous, but he said our compete was good. It was not. Uh, the Devils game, I thought, on Saturday, they really rebounded nicely and played a pretty strong game against a really good team. Florida is not a playoff team right now. That is sort of misleading because they are a quality team with some high-end talent. That being said, the Wild tonight, 
my God. And and this is what makes this team so frustrating to watch. And look, I, I don't find them to be as despicable as I did the Parisi, Suter, Zucker teams. Uh, but they are maddening to watch. Tonight again, a parade to the penalty box. Florida was 0 for 7 on the power play. 0 mm-hmm. for 7. Um, but they had seven power plays. The Wild had five. Uh, Jordan Greenway, how he is not scratched. In fact, I just got another note from a friend, and I agree completely with him. How Jordan Greenway is not scratched is beyond me. I don't know what it's going to take. Um, Sam Steele, actually, on Saturday, demoted to the fourth line, played well. And you know what? Sam Steele, Declan, is a bottom six guy. He's probably a fourth line guy. Uh, Demoting him to the fourth line was a nice wake-up call, and it worked. And and I don't think he's a first-line guy anyway. But why Jordan Greenway continues to get um, to get on the ice night after night with the lack of effort that we see consistently from him. And you know what? I got a note tonight about, well, Ryan Reeves is not good. Okay, but Ryan Reeves, you know what you're going to get from him. Yeah. He, he never surprises you, and he's a fourth-line guy. Jordan Greenway has so much more talent, and he sort of, in my opinion now, just cashed that in. So there again tonight, you know, if it were not for the just outstanding play, second consecutive game uh, by goaltender Philip Gustafson Dex, Florida has five goals. Florida has five goals tonight. I thought tonight, I know it's a point. I know it's a disappointing loss and I know it's a close loss, but I don't think that that score in any way, shape or form was indicative of this game. The first period, I thought the wild was terrible before Kaprizov scored. At 5.15 of the second period, I thought the Wild was terrible again. And this is just more of the same. I would just really love to see a guy like Greenway told, you know what, you're going to watch from the press box, at least for a game. Yeah, I mean, he might be next in the pecking order at this point. I mean, they, they've scratched regulars. They've scratched Dumba. They've scratched Steele now for a couple games. Um, they've scratched Addison at times this season. I think he might be next in line, Judd, and probably rightfully so. I don't think he's really done a whole lot to warrant him getting extra playing time or getting an opportunity. And yeah, he does nothing for me. I mean, he, he really does at this point. Um, I think he's probably more likely to get you more value in the summer. You know, his value is kind of at a low point right now, but he's not a building block player to me anymore. At one time he was at one time. He for sure was to me. Uh, but for right now, I mean, to me, he's, he's a, he's a fringe roster guy at this point. He deserves to probably be in the press box more than he's playing right now. So yeah, I, I I thought Gustafson tonight was amazing. I mean, my God, that's the story to me is as a guy who has stepped in here uh, for a, in a Cam Talbot trade that you just cross your fingers and hope, man, I, I hope he can play well when he's called yeah. upon. And now, Judd, I mean, he's playing himself into being potentially 1A or 1B, however you want to break it up to Marc-Andre Fleury. I mean, this team has been spiraling for sure over the last five weeks, but he has been a lone bright spot and someone who you can't really fault at all over this, over this skid. He's been the bright spot here. It's just, it's this offense that can't find a way to score. Yeah. Goaltending is um, to be clear, not the problem. The last two games, Gustafson's been outstanding. He deserved to get the back-to-back start tonight. He did. He played great. Um, at least the good thing for a while. And this stopped tonight for sure was the fact that the power play was scoring five on five, the Wild was struggling big time, but the power play was scoring. But again, tonight, 0 for 5 on the power play. Um, there's just everything is such a scuffle. And, and and the inability of guys who should be able to finish Declan, I'll give you one tonight, Matt Boldy. How many chances did Boldy have? He doesn't finish. 
Hartman doesn't finish. Mm-hmm. Um, but before he get, got hurt, got hit on the inside of his left knee by Slapshot, and it does not look good, Marcus Foligno looked to be just a mental mess, not finishing. He had chances, but you just you look at the amount of guys who, you know, th- there's a difference between regression from 2021, 22, and disappearing. And this has been a disappearing act by far too many guys. And look, you know what? When you pay Matthew Boldy seven times seven, which they just did, which, by the way, I applaud. But when you pay that, you got to get more. And tonight, you didn't get more. And, and I mean, you know, somebody at some point in time not named Kirill Kaprizov, and this includes Zuccarello of late too, but somebody not named Kirill Kaprizov has to be able to put the puck in the net. Because the thing is, Kaprizov, I thought, had a marvelous second period. But in the first period and again in the third, and, and again, to be fair, he got abused by the Panthers in the third. But he's trying to do it all himself now. Like he's thrown in the proverbial towel and he's like, screw it. I'll do it by myself, which is impossible. But, you know, other people have to start putting the puck in the net. And it does not, it shouldn't take an act of God to do that. Let, let's stick on the Boldy theme here for a bit, because I think there was a good amount of time this season where you and I have said he needs help. And by the way, that's still relevant. I'm, I'm not trying to discredit that he doesn't need help. But this is now, I think, six games in a row without a without a goal for Boldy. He's had stretches of eight and twelve games without a goal. He's a streaky player, like that. That that that's a fact. I mean, at this point, he's he's he can be a streaky player when he doesn't have the help. But sometimes, regardless if he only has Freddie Goudreau centering him or whoever the hell his lineman is, when you're paid seven by seven, you got to figure out a way to get a goal. That's what true goal scorers do. And and you can only give him so much of a pass before before he just has to convert those damn chances. I mean the yeah. what the two on one you know chance at overtime there. I thought that was potentially going to be a game winner. He fires it over the net. And that's the guy who's gripping his stick and wants to be a hero. I love the confidence. I definitely love the confidence there. It's not him being passive and not trusting his own shot. But a star player like that, a core player like that has to convert his chances. It's not just the fact he doesn't have Fial anymore. It's not the fact that they have to figure out another supplement guy to bring him around him. That's the kind of guy when Kirill is being hampered on, you have to go to that has to convert. And Boldy has not converted for you during stretches like this. It's frustrating. I get it. I want him to get help. But that dude also has to still figure out ways to create his own goals. Well, and Bob made a, who, who is great as well tonight. Uh, Proboski made a great save on him. I believe it was in um, the third period and a great save. But the thing about it too is Boldy does have the high end help there on the power play. I mean, again, they had five power play chances and in, you know, for your power play now to disappear is a huge problem because you're not scoring five on five. Uh, but there is just a lot of things that perplex me about the ups and downs here. There's things that perplex me. I mean, the first period tonight was, I thought, absolutely awful. I thought they were absolutely, they absolutely no-showed it. Again, uh, the compete was not there. And I just don't understand why it's hard for the compete. You're, you're on a seven-game homestand. It's, at, it's imperative that you get as many points as possible. Yes, you're playing good teams, but it's a seven-game homestand in which coming out and competing should not be tough. And that's my starting point. And I don't know, you know, it doesn't feel like this team is there mentally for long stretches of time. It comes and goes. And you know what, too? I'm not going to absolve them. I mean, this is partially on Dean as well. 
you know, Dean is Dean is clearly not pushing the right buttons consistently. And I don't know if he's being tuned out. I don't know exactly what I would, you know, why Greenway doesn't get scratched is, is a great one because that to me is, you know, when, when Sam Steele gets demoted to the fourth line, Declan, and he plays well, and he is the guy scratched now, um, that to me is a message that if I am a Greenway type of player, I can get away with stuff. Like I thought the whole reason to scratch Dumbo was accountability. And so these are things I don't get. And, you know, you're not going to make the playoffs with, with this being the mentality. Mm-hmm. Um, I do not think, and now they've been hurt a lot and it's been a weird year, but I, I am not even late in the season re- ready to buy the fact that the Colorado Avalanche aren't going to make the playoffs. You know, Calgary is a weird team as well, but they're going to battle you. So, like, my opinion is that the top three teams in the Central, when it's all said and done, are going to be Dallas. Winnipeg, Colorado, and the Wild is probably going to be battling for a wild card spot. And, you know, when you're getting the goaltending that this team got tonight and you don't come away on a Monday night at home with two points against a Florida team that has high-end talent but is not having a great year, that is inexcusable. And look, the Kachuk goal being wiped out was fortunate. Now, I did think that his, his arm made contact with Gustafson's head but we've also seen goals like that allowed. So you mm-hmm. caught a break there. So like this is, to me, these were two points you needed tonight. You yeah. needed these two points, and you got one. And now you've played three games of the seven-game homestand, and the reality is you're one and you're what? One and three. Correct. Yeah, That's the, not a good reality. No, it's not. And I, I tweeted out before the overtime started that they needed two. They didn't need just one. They they needed two. By the way, Dean Evison um, confirming that Polino suffered a stinger uh, that got him pretty good on that block shot. So that could be someone that might be shelved. And to be honest, we've been talking about reinforcements for a while. If that clears a way for a Sammy Walker call up, hell, maybe it's a Marco Rossi. I don't think so. Uh, but probably a reinforcement potentially on the way internally, or maybe even externally. I saw a very interesting, wild, juicy trade rumor that made the Twitter rounds. Maybe we'll get into on this pod as well. But by the way, we have like 200 people watching us right now on Judd's Hockey Show. So hit the subscribe button. Uh, this is Score North, Judd's Hockey Show specifically on Apple, Spotify, scorenorth.com, the Score North app. You can uh, subscribe here for also tons of Minnesota sports content. The Minnesota Timberwolves pull off a big win against the Mavs, big a performance from Ant and Jada McDaniel. So find flagrant howls tomorrow if you want some basketball takes on this podcast feed as well. Uh, but yes, I the homestand here. We had Bill Guerin on the show. You can find that podcast uh, right here on this channel too. They needed to, they needed to get points here, and not just one. They needed two. I mean, if if you would have been able, it's it's gutsy, right? When you have to go out there and get a shootout because it's it's after regulation time. But they could have had back to back chances of still walking with four points, and instead, you know, you're still kind of half empty here on this homestand. And with all these points that matter come playoff time. Uh, you can't be leaving points on the board. So, yeah, I agree. I, I thought it was a most one. You might say it's, just, it's one number. It's number one. It's a big point left on the board from the wild side. Absolutely. Okay, I've got um, – I I've actually can build upon the, the juicy bit of uh, reckless speculation that you talked about, and I will do it in a second. But before I do that, I want to tell you about how you uh, can go into 2023 with a plan to look great by spring and summer especially. That is through the through – the magic of my friends, Livia Weight Control Centers. Now, guy on the left, that's me. The guy on the right, that's me too. But here's 
the difference. Around September of uh, 2021, I started on this program. And the important thing is Livia Weight Control Center. So it's not a diet plan. It's weight control. It's a plan where their dietitians are going to help you get, get your weight down. And then most importantly, they're going to help you keep that weight off. Plenty of, uh, of score north. Listeners have had success here, Dex. We've heard from them. We've mm-hmm. talked to them. Uh, they're absolutely great stories. And if you're trying to lose weight, I want you to become the latest. And in fact, here's the offer right now, 50% off the program, 50% off the program when you contact them. If you mention Judd from Score North, just say, I want the Judd plan. That's 50% off. And that plan, it's this simple. One phone call, 855-GO-LIVIA, livia.com, L-I-V-E-A.com. Also, a nice little snack. Maybe if uh, you're trying to lose some weight a little bit and you don't want to worry about what all the things you're putting down, how about some nice popcorn? Nice popcorn for my friends at Popcorn and Popcorn.com. A, a great snack of Judd Zolgads, great snack of Declan Goffs here. Uh, popcorn has over 70 flavors. I said that right. 70 flavors of small batch popcorn. Uh, you can go in, in store here in the Twin Cities. Uh, you can go to Popcorn off Shady Oak Road and Highway 62 or... You can go online, maybe get one of these nice tins. I have a Vikings one here I'm rocking here. There's plenty of wild ones. There's plenty of sports memorabilia ones. And when you check out at popcorn.com, mention that you heard the ad on Judd's Hockey Show. It helps out their business. Of course, helps out our business, too, at Score North. So go check out Popcorn and Popcorn.com. All right. Here is the reckless speculation slash informed speculation that um, was reported by uh, Blackhawks reporter Mark Lazarus over the weekend, and that is this, and it makes some sense here. That is Patrick Kane, who a lot of people expect to go to the Rangers, who is being shopped. He's in the last year of his contract. Just like Jonathan Taze, he has a complete no trade, no move clause. So he gets to call his shots, all right? So the expectation was that there was a very good chance that he was going to go to the Rangers. Well, it sounds like there were hiccups there and, and Kane might have balked. I don't know exactly what transpired, but long story short, last week, Vladimir Tarasenko of the Blues is traded to the Rangers. Kane then, in retrospect, I guess, complains about, well, I guess I'm not going there then. And everyone's like, dude, if you want to be traded, you got to be proactive too. So Lazarus' report is that three teams, the Wild, uh, the Carolina Hurricanes, and the Vegas Golden Knights have inquired or are interested in Patrick Kane. Now, here's where I can add some reckless speculation for you. There were seven scouts in attendance tonight at the X. One of them was Wade Brookbank of the Chicago Blackhawks to watch both of these teams, and in particular, perhaps the Wild. So um, don't forget the trade deadline just to set that is March 3rd, so it's a ways off, but we are already starting to see deals. Bo Horvat's been traded, Tarasenko. Um, Chikrin of the Coyotes is being sat out now, so a deal there is expected to be very close, probably going to the Kings. The point is, uh, Patrick Kane probably going to be moved sooner rather than later by the Blackhawks. Uh, I'll start with my thoughts on this, Declan. Okay. I'm not paying the price. Mm-mm. I don't think this team is good enough. I, mm-hmm. I don't think that they're good enough. Would it be fun for a, a, a shot of, you know, oh man, Patrick Kane? Absolutely. But I don't think this is the time or place to make this type of trade. Um, in fact, if I'm Bill Guerin, I'm probably more along the lines of not necessarily dumping, but I would certainly take on a contract because the confusing thing is this. The Wild actually has substantial salary cap room right now because of the moves they have or haven't made this season. Yep. But, that come, but that crashes right back down after the season. So that's gone. Kane is a pending unrestricted free agent. And the price it would take to get him, I'm not sending that to Chicago so I can have 
a sugar high. So personally, I'm out. How about you? Uh, I'm probably out considering what the price is going to be. Um, I think also they mentioned that Patrick Kane's medicals was like, he, did he hurt his leg? Does he have a leg injury? I believe. Cause that also he might mixed, have something. Yeah. That, that helped, uh, or that helped persuade New York to go in the different direction. Um, of obviously getting Tarasenko over Patrick Kane. If this team was a little bit more competitive and I know it's a little recency bias, but if they were playing better hockey over the last five weeks, yeah. Okay. I could maybe talk myself into it. Um, He's someone who has obviously won a lot of cups and he scored a lot of big time goals. He certainly would help out Matt Boldy's game. You know, we are just, we're ripening him um, for not being able to convert goals today and over the last six games in general, but I'm guessing that's going to be a hefty, hefty price and i would much more uh be interested in going after someone who is lesser than that that isn't going to give you uh, give up a ton and the wilds aren't in a position where i want them to be buying for someone's of services like patrick Kane's when it's probably going to cost them a ton also in your division which is going to be tough to figure out too so great talker love the idea i don't deny you know uh, lazarus report that the wild have certainly checked in on him i'm sure garen has Definitely targeted him as someone at once upon a time that would be a perfect fit to get this offense going and get that room going and know what it takes to make a deep playoff run. But I'm going to assume that the cost of getting someone like Patrick Kane is going to be way too, way too expensive to acquire. Lower body injury, lower body for Kane. Um, I believe there are people in his camp who have suggested he shut it down and basically tell the Blackhawks, don't trade me because I'm not going to play. Kane is not going to do that. He wants to play. Uh, I think he wants to. I think he wants to go to a contender. But, yeah, if I'm the Wild, I, I they are not. And I think Bill is well aware of this. Um, they are not in a position to make this type of splash move now. Now, the thing that I think goes probably not recognized this time of year is every GM of every team that's even slightly contending checks on prices. Um, that's because you, you might have guys that you're trying to trade as well. So like the going market is important to know, which, you know, which why it's not surprising that the wild would have called and inquired about Kane, uh, last year, I might've considered this, mm-hmm. you know, we all felt that there was a real shot, but you know, if you got Patrick Kane now for the stretch run and the playoffs, do I think that that would suddenly vault you to a series win or two wins? Absolutely not. Um, and the more I watch this team decks, I just, they might be a playoff team. I, I don't know, but I don't see, I don't see any real hope here because it's not like, you know, the, the goaltending for the most part has been solid. I'm not saying it's been spectacular tonight. It was spectacular, but when you look at the rest of the problems here and when you look at, I mean, my God, we, we've almost just accepted this, but have you watched Dumbo of late? I mean, are you watching them? Can't do anything. Uh, Saturday, I watched Brodine closely. He almost plays both spots. Like, there were times he just goes and covers for Matt. Like, Matt will be caught out of position. Dumba can barely shoot now. Like, how many shots does he get on goal? He used to have that huge shot. He doesn't get shots on goal now. I mean, Brodine, when Brodine's out, Dumba is just, for lack of a better term, a liability. Yeah. So, like, there's just so many things like that. And Brodine is marvelous, and Spurgeon is great, and Middleton is very solid. But after that, you know, Addison is a a quality guy in the power play, had an assist tonight, but he's not reliable defensively. John Merrill is John Merrill. 
So, like, there's just so many things about this team, and there's so little depth up front, and there's so many guys that have taken steps back that I don't think adding a veteran guy who's dealing with some type of, you know, leg problem or something is going to do much. And I am not going to give the Blackhawks a first-round pick and a couple prospects and watch those guys come back in two years and kick my ass when I should be having them on my team to kick your butt. Yeah, they're just not worth, I think, uh, buying high-end talent for the for the price of poker it is at the table. And if, if you're not going to be a competitive team, then I would just ride it out. And if you can make some you know minor tweaks here, sell off some assets, maybe inherit some draft picks or maybe inherit a bad contract for a rental, you know, to take it to someone off your hands so you can get something else in in the short term or, or the long term, I should say, and then I'm all for that. Uh, but right now, as things stand, as we get closer and closer to deadline, and of course things can change, maybe the Wilds start going on a run here for the next two and a half weeks. And then all of a sudden, as we get closer and as the, you know, the bidding war changes to a degree by the deadline, we're talking about something else. And maybe that is a Patrick Kane, or maybe that is someone, um, that the wow could add by by the deadline, but for right now, I mean, th- th- there's no point. Like, there's no point to give up sub- substantial assets if the Wild want to be buyers at the deadline. It's just to me, it's just not even worth it. And that's someone who loves trades. And this show loves oh, I do trades, too. loves all those topics. It just for me, it, it would make no sense. I feel like a run would be fool's gold, though. I really feel like a run would be a false sense of oh, they're good now. Mm-hmm. I, like this team's true colors are to be up and down. To, to not be willing to work hard enough consistently enough. Like, there's just too many things. And I will say this, though. When the season's done, I think you need to take a long, hard look at the coach. I really do. Because the question is, is he get is he maximizing the ability of this team, not just through, like, his his handling of the team off the ice, but on the ice, changing lines, pushing the right buttons, allowing guys to continue playing when they shouldn't play. You know, the dumbest scratch to me came too late. I, I would have scratched them long before that. Um, I'd like to wrap up the show by complaining once more about something, okay. but it's not going to be about the wild. Okay. Okay. It's gonna, uh, Florida did this tonight and the devils abused it. And I asked Dean about this after the game on Saturday, the wild is not guilty of this three on three overtime is supposed to be great fun. High flying action. The best, the best on the best of your teams, pond hockey, okay? And the Devils are not unique. And what Florida did a little bit tonight is now becoming the norm, and it drives me crazy. This dilly-dallying and going backwards with the puck to try to tire out and keep your opponent on the ice as long as possible. And first of all, Freddie Goudreau on Saturday and Matthew Boldy tonight. Dudes, you got to figure out when to get off the ice. You cannot just stay, in, unless your name is Kirill Kaprizov, do not just stay on the ice in perpetuity because you believe that's best for your team. It's not. You're, you're tired. But the other thing is this whole thing of passing backwards and going backwards and playing for a shot. The whole purpose of three-on-three three is bang, bang, bang. And the end of the Devils Wild Overtime was great fun because it turned into that. But prior to that, the Devils were playing keep away. And what they do is, they go backwards, and I heard this suggested on Sirius NHL radio last week, and I love it. Once the puck is over center, so once you're into your your mm-hmm. the neutral zone and the offensive zone, yep. if you send it back into your own zone and ba- basically the same thing as the timeline of basketball, over and back, oh, yeah. over and back it's, yeah. a, it's a whistle, 
and it's a face-off in the in, in the uh, in the other teams or for so so like in this case the wild if the panthers did this the wild would have a face-off to the right or left of bob and florida could not take its three players off yeah i love that idea that's a great idea it was on one of the those shows and i absolutely agreed and i loved it because this nonsense of now you know you know what the problem with sports is coaches ruin everything Coaches scheme everything to the point of being crappy. And, you know, I want to see teams forced to, like, play at high speed. That's what I want. So how about that? An over and back in hockey. I love that. And the consequence is you got to keep your three out there. It's akin to icing. Yeah, no, I, I love that idea. That or you just, I mean, I, you can't completely get rid of offsides, but then just, like, don't worry. But if there's only three guys in the ice, well, just, just rush in. That's actually an argument. Like, yeah. you you actually could. Um, yeah. You actually, and and then what you could scheme up is this. If you decided, okay, you know what? Your three against my two, because I'm I'm going to leave a guy basically in, right. in the slot. And if I get the puck, we're going, I'm basically going to pass the puck down and it's a breakaway for me. I love this. Look I think this. you actually could. I think you actually, I don't, I, I think you're wrong. I think you actually could eliminate offsides in OT of three on three. Yeah. Look at us. We're fixing hockey. We're fixing well, hockey. Just make here. it, I mean, three on three, like the thing about it is, and I will go to my grave saying the shootout sucks. Okay. But three on three is pond hockey. I got no problem with pond yeah. hockey. I love pond hockey. Yeah. There, there's the, the, it's the, the sport. Yeah. The ethics are thrown out the door when it's three on three. I'm fine with that. It's fun. Yeah. It's fun. It's, it's, it, that's, exactly. Uh, that's but it's supposed to, but it's supposed to, I would rather scheme up a way to, to basically get rid of shootouts. The last point is this. The problem right now is that with what these coaches and teams are doing, you cannot go to a 10-minute to a three-on-three period because they will literally try and play keep away for eight of them. That's no fun. No, I agree. It's lame. So like, so like if you're going to say shootouts are done, we're going to solve the game in, in an overtime period, three-on-three, three, that's going to be 10 minutes long, you almost need to do something like what we're saying, which is an over and back rule or just, you know what, forget offsides. The blue line does not exist, and a guy can go just hang out there. Hot takes on our YouTube channel says that's the bleep take I, uh, bleepiest take I have ever heard. Well, hot takes, uh, if you think which that's one? the worst. Um, which your, part? Your, your, your overtime, your, your entire overtime. Oh, theory. no, no, it's a great idea. Yeah, it's, it's a great idea. And if you think that's our worst take, boy, oh, boy, do we have, uh, do we have some other ones in the bank there that oh. you can certainly go find and listen? We're trying, we're trying to, to f- no, 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 we're trying to fix the sport here. I'm trying to help out, and so are you. All right, um, I think we're good. Yeah. Thanks for tuning in, folks. Absolutely. Uh, hit the subscribe button for Daily Minnesota Sports Entertainment. Also, go check out the Choice Bank 2023 Minnesota Golf Show. It's next weekend. It's coming up here, and uh, I believe this is the last night. Promo code GOLFER gets you half-off tickets. So uh, go to choicebank.com. Go uh, go check out the 19th hole. Mackie and Jed are going to be there doing some live podcasts. There's great golf gear. There's great apparel. There's fittings. There's It is a going to be an absolute heaven at the Minneapolis Convention Center. If you're a golf nut, like a lot of hockey fans I know are here, uh, go check out the Choice Bank Minnesota Golf Show. Mackie and Judd tomorrow. We got a pecking order. We got Thor Nystrom uh, with some reckless draft speculation. Flagrant howls with uh, Phil Mackie and Kyle Tiger will be live tomorrow to break down a great Wolves win Oof. over the Mavericks. We don't stop here. We it's do not much. stop here. It I'm is tired. a lot. It's a lot. And uh, as Bill Guerin says, you know, there's no room for petty bull and pass shoot score.